Amen. Come on, we can give it up. You know, there's a, it's, it's powerful to witness the lives of people transforming. Um, and, you know, that was the Lopez family who's been with us since something like February of 2014. But there are countless stories unfolding here today. God's doing something in each and every one of our lives. Come on, we can celebrate that. Right? God is doing some amazing things. But, you know, I, you, I, as I was watching this video and listening to what they were saying, I remember when we first started uh, it, five years ago. Can you believe five years? Just five little years. But when we started, um, uh, we were at Annette Lopez's house. And, and what we wanted, we used to do something called bridge mixers. We probably need to bring those back. Mix some things up. But what we used to do was we would gather in different homes. And we would just uh, break bread and just talk about God and talk about Jesus and talk about faith. And just get to know people. And one of the, one of the uh, couples that we met there... Uh, we also met the birds that way, too, who were still with us. But we met over some food. We were just having some fun and talking, and we were just sharing about God and about what God was doing in our lives and the plan of God. And here they are today, a strong family, a growing family. Their children are serving the Lord. They serve in the local church. They serve the community. That's a story that God wants to unfold in all our lives. Amen? God wants to do some amazing things through your life and mine. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've been on a new series called The Next Chapter. And you know, the next chapter always starts with God. With God. I told you last week that I was kind of setting you up for where we were going these next couple of weeks. And so today we're going to be talking about that particular step. But here's the, here's the key. There's a first step to getting to the next chapter. How many of you know that? I hope you know that you are not done. I hope you know that you do have, there is some, something more in store for you. You know, they say that the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. All of you know that. Now, I want us to think about this. We all know, but the, the majority of us know how to end that, uh, that little phrase that's cliche today. But let me ask you, how conscious are you of the first step that you take every day? How conscious are you about the first step with God? Because there's a next chapter, but there's something that we have to be conscious of on a daily basis. It's that first step. Now, I'm reminded of the great importance of initial steps through the example of a runner. Can you tell I know nothing about running? I'm not a runner. So I'm not speaking from experience. But I enjoy watching a race every now and then. And a couple of things that I think we all know about a race is this, that every leg of the race matters. Every leg, the beginning, the middle, the end. Every part of the race, the preparation leading up to it, the mindset, I mean, heading into the race, during the race, and even after the race, all those things matter. And one of the key things that's important is what you do at the very beginning of the starting line. It, it, let me tell you what I'm talking about. It's that first step. It's what they call that first jump that you get. That one step can make all the difference in not just how you start your race, but how you finish it. Now, there's a thought to consider. Think about this. How you start impacts how you finish. Let me put it to you another way. The first steps you take always impact your final steps. I'll put it to you another way. What you're doing right now 
is impacting tomorrow. You know, as a teenager, I didn't get that. I thought I had it all together. And then I realized many years later, if I had just listened to my mom, If I had not made that decision when I had the chance to choose something different, if I had not kept these people around me, see, I wasn't thinking about my steps. Think about this. Let me prove something to you here about faith. If you were to just get up and say, I am going to my car, how would you do that? You'd get up and you take a step. And then you take another step and each ensuing step afterwards leads you towards a destination point. Have you ever thought about the fact that the steps that you're taking right now, whether consciously or unconsciously, are leading you somewhere? And so we should be conscious about steps and we should be conscious about the step, the first step that we take Every single day. Here in Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 through 2. Just recapping from the last couple of weeks. It says this. Therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Hey you know what that race is? It's life. You know what that path is? It's the journey with God or without God. But I want you to see something that's important about running this race and stepping into that next chapter, that next leg of your race, that next place that God is leading you to as a husband, as a wife, as a young person in your career, in the decisions that you're facing. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Even Christ himself, when he was on the cross, had a focus. You know what that focus was? It wasn't the nails in his hand and his feet. It wasn't the pain. It wasn't the torture. It wasn't the the, the physical uh, ramifications of everything that he had endured. Jesus was focused on one thing. He was focused on you and me. And it made it worth it. See, he was running the right race. But the thing about it is this. Notice that the scripture says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so if we're to run this race of life, if we're to step into our next chapter, we've got to realize something. That we should be looking to the very one that wrote the story. We should be looking to God. See, to turn the page from your past and even your present. How many of you want some change yesterday, right? Some of us, it's like, man, I just want this to change already. I want my child to shape up. I want this marriage to turn around. I want this situation to just stop and me be able to move on to that next level, that next phase of my life. I want to get past this. See, if you want to turn the page from your past and even your present, you have to start with putting your trust in God. And according to the scriptures, the only way you and I can set aside the very things that keep us from running the race that is set before us is to keep our eyes on the one who wrote the story. The one who has the ability to take us into our next chapter. Think about this. Your next chapter begins with your first response to God. Question. How are you responding to God in your life? 
What role is he playing in your life? Have you ever considered where he's guiding you? I know it feels good, the decisions you're making. But how many of you have ever been like me, made a decision that felt good, and then you found out, that's not so good. That don't work. See, feelings are fickle. But the one who penned the story of your life, he's faithful. And so we should continually consider, how am I responding to God? Am I even including God in my life? Am I even including what his word reveals about my situation, about my marriage, about the direction of my life, about figuring out where he wants me to be? Isaiah 43 verses 16 through 19 give us a clue as to stepping into the next chapter of our lives. It says this, it says, this is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. You know what the scriptures are referring to here? God is speaking to his people Israel through this prophet Isaiah. And what he's doing is he is reminding his people, I'm the God that made a way where there was none. I'm the God that was there with you when you found, your, you found yourself with your enemies on your heels and they were about to slay you, Pharaoh and all his armies, and you were facing a sea and there was no way for you to get out. I'm the one that parted the seas and made a way where there was no way. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. God is the one who makes a way and reveals the next chapter for you where you don't see it, where you can't conceive it, where you can't believe it. It's about time we begin to look to God. See, think about this. Your first response to God determines the chapter you're living in. Your response to God determines the chapter you're living in. Let me prove that to you. Look at verse 18. God says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Go ahead and tell somebody, I'm looking forward to a new thing. Now, go ahead and tell somebody else, I am not looking backwards. Listen, now, it's easy to say, but watch why God says this to us. He says, forget the former things. You know why he says forget the former things? Because we remember them. Because we make many decisions based upon where we've been, what we've seen, what we've experienced. But God says, no, no, no. That's not the way it works. He says, look, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Watch what God is saying. I'm doing something new in your life right now. And so the reason why he tells us to forget the past is because if we teeter-totter between the chapter we were in, the chapter we're in, versus the chapter he's taking us to, we'll never get there. I'm telling you, God has something new for you. See, your first response, as I said, to God determines the chapter you live in. It determines the chapter you live in. I remember a story that I heard once of this gentleman. Maybe I've shared it here at some point. But I remember the story of a gentleman, that uh, two, two old men that were in a nursing home. And they were there for many, 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 many years. Their family did not visit them. Nobody came to see them. Nobody provided anything for them. They completely lived the same experience every single day. You know what that was? They heard the machines around them. 
They saw the same nurses come in and out. They ate the same food day in, day out. They, saw, they experienced the same scenery. And in this room that both these men were in, there was a window on one side of the room. And in the midst of this, one gentleman sat, laid by the window. The other one laid on the other side of the room where there was no window. And every day they would look out, the, the gentleman by the window would look out. And he would tell his neighbor in the room, uh, hey, man, the skies are blue. It's so beautiful. What a sunny day. And he said, tell me more. Tell me about it. And the thing about it is this, that these two guys were in this room and, and every day they would talk about the same thing. And this gentleman on the other side of the room would look forward to those moments where he would begin to talk about what he saw outside the window, what his neighbor saw outside the window. And so one day a thought creeps into his mind and into his heart. And the thought was, I wish I was on that side of the room. Why does he get to look out the window? And so that thought began to simmer in his heart. And in the midst of that, every day would come, he would still look forward, but he was faced with this battle of resentment and and envy and jealousy. And at the same time, with joy, looking forward to hearing what was happening outside. And so one day in the middle of the night, while they're both sleeping, he begins to hear some steady, an increasing beeping in the room. A machine all of a sudden is reacting a way that it never had before. And he notices that his neighbor on the side of the window begins to breathe erratically. Beep, 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 beep. And he hears him coughing. (coughs) And before long, the coughing goes more and more. (coughs) And now he's just unceasing. He's just coughing and coughing. Now he's choking. And all the while, this man lays on the side of the wall, on the other side of the room, in silence. For a moment, it crosses his mind to push the emergency button. But then he decides, no. Before long, the machine goes to one steady beep. And he laid there for the rest of the night till he eventually falls asleep. The next morning, the regular nurse of the morning shift comes in and she comes and she goes, good morning, mister. And she realizes something's wrong. She realizes that this man has passed away. And so all the nurses come in, they check his vitals and they make the decision. They take him out the room. And as they're getting the last pieces of furniture out and and sheets and all that, the gentleman on the other side of the room by the wall says to the nurse, sweetheart, would you do me a favor? He says, is it possible for me to be put on that side of the room? She goes, let me talk to the doctors. I'm sure we could do that. Well, long story short, they arrange it. And they finally get him to the other side of the room. And for the very first time in years, with all the strength that he has, he begins to push upon an elbow just enough so that he can look out the window. And finally, when he gets to that point, that he could finally see over the crest of the windowsill, and he looks out, he sees a brick wall. And he gets so angry 
it he's distraught about it and he shrieks with a yell and he says, why would he lie to me? What was he talking about? Where's the park? Where's the sun? Where's the clouds? Where's the people? Where's the children running? Where are the dogs? Why would he do this to me? And the nurse comes in and says to him, what's going on? And after listening to him for a while, he says, why would he lie to me? All that's there is a brick wall. And her response to him is simply this. Maybe he saw more than what we see. I'll tell you why I share that with you. Because our first response to God is one in faith. And faith gives us the ability to see beyond that which we are experiencing and going through. If you are going to step into a next chapter, you've got to begin to see beyond where you're at. That makes sense? And so for the, for the next couple of moments that we have, I want to share with you from the life of a man named Abraham. Abraham. We're going to turn to Genesis chapter 12. We're only going to look at certain portions of his life. I mean, we could spend years talking about Abraham's life and learning. So I'm going to be very brief in a certain part of his life. But I want you to think about something. Abraham wasn't always called Abraham. There was a time where his name was Abram. And it wasn't until he had an encounter with God that his name changed. And that name change is very telling of his experience with God and how it led him to his next chapter. And so let's look to the word uh, to see, to learn about stepping into this next chapter. Now, before we go there, I want to tell you something about this guy, Abraham. When he was born, his parents called him Abram. That word, that name Abram means father of elevation. You know what it simply means? Exalted father. It means that his parents had desires. They had plans. They they envisioned him being a father that was a notch above all other fathers. A guy that stood out above the rest. Right? And back in those days, when you named your child, it wasn't like some of us do where you just pick a name out of a hat. Some of you have done that, right? Just kind of throw a bunch of names in there, shake it around and pull out a name and say, this is the one we're going to name him. No, in those days when you chose a name for your child, it spoke of destiny. It defined legacy. It was purposeful. It had meaning. It had power to it. And so his parents had high hopes for Abram that he would be a great man held in high esteem as a father. The thing about it is, that Abram lived with that vision for his life every time he heard that name. But when he meets God, he's 75 years old. And how many of you know it's 75? Yeah, it ain't happening. It's not happening. You can try if you want. But it wasn't happening. But when he met God, God changed his name to Abraham. And that name Abraham means a father of multitudes. You know what it speaks of? A father of many nations. And so just like Abraham, there is something far greater that God wants to bring about in your life. God wants to redefine your destiny. God wants to give your life new meaning. He wants to show you true purpose. He wants to show you that with him, there truly is not just the next chapter, but your best chapter. Your best chapter. So listen, just like Abraham, we have to consider our response to God right now. Because our response right now will determine how the next chapter unfolds. And you know, I know that we live in a world where we can blame so many things 
for why we're in the situation we're in. We can blame parents. We can blame people. We can blame circumstances. We can blame uh, political leaders. We can blame uh, uh, communities. We can blame all these things. But here's the thing that we have to understand. That our choice to step into the next chapter is what makes the difference. And you and I are responsible for that. And so we must gauge how we actually respond to God. Let's look in Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 through 7. Starting at verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. Now, I want you to think about what God is saying to Abram here. Abram, who has no children. Abram, who's done with the dream of having a child. That Abram right there, God says to him, I'm going to make you into a great nation. He says, and I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. And so Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot and Lot with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife, Sarai, his nephew, Lot, and all the, pos- all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem, and at that time, the Canaanites were in the land, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, watch what he's saying, To your children and your children's children. I will give this land. And so Abram built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Now I want us to consider where Abram finds himself. Abram is 75 years old. He's lived his entire life hearing about the promise that his life held. Tell you what I mean. Every time he heard the word Abram, here's what he heard. Exalted father. So everywhere he went, exalted father. I bet you that after a while, some people went, yeah, some father you are. Where's your kids? Right? But this guy, Abram, lived with that unfulfilled promise. And then he has an encounter with God. And here's what that encounter looked like. You know, us people of faith, sometimes, for those of you that can identify with that, here's what we think about when when we think about God calling us the heavens open up and an angel comes out and he goes, Oh, and these lights shine on you from nowhere. And you begin to float and walk in majestic, this majestic experience with God. Let me tell you what it looked like for Abram. Hey, Abram, here's what I want you to do, brother. You know, your family, you know, the business you built, You know, everything that you've ever known in life, your pagan gods, everything that you've looked forward to in life, the homes you've built, the people you've built relationship with, everything that defines you and gives you a sense of identity and purpose. He says, yeah, I want you to leave that. And I want you to go somewhere that I'm going to show you. Now, let's let's, let's bring this to a very practical level. Let's get out of the, the clouds for a moment. And let's bring it to a very practical level. I want you to envision that God says to you, Annette, 
I want you to leave your mother and your father. I want you to leave the city of Newburgh. I want you to leave New York. I want you to leave your job. I want you to leave your friends. I want you to leave your loved ones. And I want you to do that and go somewhere that I'm going to show you at some point. Yeah, that look on your face says it all. But you know what? Each and every one of us would have a moment at that point where we were, here's what you, here's the first question you would ask. Where are we going? God, I believe in you, but you got to tell me where I'm going first. You got to show me how this is going to work out, God. You got to give me the details to the plan, God. Listen, I can identify with that. Look, I'm familiar with change more than I've ever been in the last five years. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'll tell myself, I don't like change. I don't like it. Yes, I don't like it. And yet, I understand this. It's necessary. I heard a quote uh, earlier this week that really challenged me. kind of goes something like this. If you change nothing, nothing changes. Listen. If we do not begin to make changes with God, now, don't expect something different from the kingdom of God. Don't expect the new that God promises. As a matter of fact, you know what we can expect? More of the same old stuff. More of the same old results. And we can't blame God. And so, Abram finds himself at this crossroads in life. Abram, leave it all. And go to a place that I'm going to show you. Listen, the first step to your next chapter starts with one simple word. Yes. It starts with yes. It starts with yes. And and the thing about this yes to God is that it doesn't make sense. I can guarantee you that, listen, I'm not going to sell you pie in the sky. Believing God, believing his promises doesn't make sense. You know why? Because it's got nothing to do with where you've been. It's got nothing to do with what you know. It's got nothing to do with your limited understanding and my limited understanding. It has everything to do with an infinite God that does exceedingly abundantly above and beyond what you and I could ask or imagine. That's why the scriptures tell us this, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor has it entered the hearts of men, the things that God has in store for you. We can't conceive it in this limited mind. And so, listen. Stepping into a next chapter really does involve faith. Let me show you from Hebrews 11. Verse uh, verse 1 says this. Now faith. Now you're saying that, that don't sound right, Pastor. That's not grammatically correct. I like to call it now faith. Because faith is always for now. Faith is always applicable to wherever we are in life. And watch what it says. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Listen, faith is not for what you can see. I know you've been told. I know I've been told, hey, if I can see it, I can believe it. I know you've heard it and I know I've heard it too. That's been drilled into us in this world. Believing is seeing first. Not in the kingdom of God. 
not for the next chapter that you were created for, not for what God has for you in your home, not for what God has for you in your career, not for what God has for you in store for the rest of your life, not for the legacy that you'll leave through your life. It has nothing to do with what you can see, what you can conceive, what you can feel. Watch verse 3 in Hebrews 11. It says this, By faith we understand that the universe, watch this, that's everything that was ever formed. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. Listen, so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. God does not take us into a next chapter based upon what we can see. Hmm. So I have a question, some questions for you to consider for your life and for mine. Do you really believe that you have a next chapter? Now, I don't want you to answer that. I want you to really think about that. This is a, this is a question that, I mean, it just really, it really brings us right to a crossroads. Do you truly believe that you have a next chapter? Do you? Do you want to step into a next chapter. Let me put it to you another way. Do you really want change? Do you really want to see the new thing that God has in store for your life? Do you really, really, really want to see that? Here's a, here's a, here's a real good question to consider. Will you trust and put your confidence in God? Will you trust and put your confidence in God? If your answer is yes to these questions, then let me just say this to you. You're at the beginning of a great journey. You're ready for the first step. You're about to step into something new. Forget the old. Begin to look forward. And so listen, the first step starts with the promise contained in your next chapter, not the circumstances in your current one. So listen, listen to what I'm talking about here. You know, a book is only as good as the next chapter. Can you envision reading a book and you read one chapter and it's got a whole bunch of other pages and then you finally, you get to the end of that chapter and you're ready to go to the next one and there's nothing there. You know what I do with that book? Burn it. It's garbage. There's no point to it. There's no succession plan. There's no next step. And you know, when it comes to life, life is most enjoyable. Life has most meaning when we are looking forward to a next step. And here's, what, here's the thing about life with God. It holds promise. It holds promise. If you don't have a hold of promise in the next chapter, you'll stay in the, in, in the chapter you're in. You'll live there. You know why? Because you got nothing else to hope for. And so to go to a place of destiny and purpose, this guy Abraham had to expand his line of sight beyond everything that defined his life in the current moment. Listen, Abraham had it all. We know from the scriptures that he had livestock. You know what that means in those days? He was well off. If you had livestock, if you had sheep and cattle and all those things, you were well off. This guy had lands. He had a wife. He had family. He had all these things going for him. 
All these things. That was his current circumstance. And then God shows up and says, Abram, I'm changing your name to Abraham. You thought you were supposed to be just any old father that's highly guarded amongst other fathers. No, 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 no. Abraham, what I have in store for you will be declared amongst the nations. Let me tell you something. The scriptures say that you are the light of the world. Let me tell you something else about that. The scriptures say that a city upon a hill cannot be hidden. Let me tell you why I share that. Because you are the very thing that God wants to reveal to the world to show his good purposes, his good plans. Listen, you are the vehicle that God wants to use to bring restoration into your home. You are the, the vehicle that God wants to use to restore communities. You are the, are the vehicle that God wants to use to bring healing to broken hearts, sight to blindness. People that live in the dark, you're the, you're the light. So listen, if you're walking around and a bunch of people are kind of being attracted to you and you're going, I don't want these kind of people in my life. Why are they always talking to me? Why are they always asking me questions? Listen, light attracts bugs. You got to get comfortable with that. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Now look, I mean, I mean no disrespect with that. Please don't take it that way. I'm, I'm, I'm no, I mean no disrespect with that. But, but the truth is this. There's a reason why you're the light of the world. And so your next chapter with God holds great promise. Question, what do you see ahead of you? What do you really see? And you know, if you're not quite sure, you're not quite clear on what you see, then here's a good first step. Instead of trying to write your own chapter, why not look to God who already wrote a better one? The last thing I want to share with you today as we're wrapping up here is this. That the first step to your next chapter starts with unwavering belief. Let me tell you what I'm talking about here. Romans chapter 4 verses 18 through 25 give us some insight into the dilemma that Abraham found himself in. It says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him so shall your offspring be let's pause right there for a moment should consider something that the bible gives us some insight into abraham's struggle it says that against the hope that he had he hoped with a greater hope you know what that looks like The hope of his physical body, the hope of his situation told him, you're not going to be a father. You're not going to realize promise in your life. And the Bible says that when he has this encounter with God, that Abraham took hold of a greater hope. He had something that trumped his hopelessness. He had something that gave him a vision for life once again. All of a sudden, life held a purpose. There was meaning again. It began to make sense. The road began to become clear. Where there was no path, 
And all these people around them were telling him, Hey, Abram, how's that working out for you, brother? Where's those kids? How's the children? You know what Abraham had? Promise. Hope. But watch what the scripture says. That Abraham in this hope believed. Listen. And he became the father of many nations. Listen. This is speaking about the t- a time before he ever had his child. The Bible says this. That because he believed in God. He became the very thing that God promised him. Let me tell you this. Your next chapter is at work right now. It's present and available to you and I right now at this very moment. And that next chapter begins to unfold for you from this day forward based on the decision that you make about what God says about you and your life. It is time to rise up again and put hope in a God that exceeds the circumstances of what we see. There's great promise for you based upon what God is declaring. And you are exactly what God says you can be right now. Believe it, receive it, and step out in faith and go do it. Go conquer the world. Go take hold of his precious promises for your life. Listen to verse 19. It says, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old at this time and that Sarah's room was also dead. You know how he faced an impossible situation? He faced it with confidence in the promise of his next chapter. Listen, when you got hope, no matter how hopeless the situation looks around you, you'll believe and you'll stand up again and again and again and again and again. You will rise again and again and again. And so listen, it says he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but he was strengthened in his faith and he gave glory to God. Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Listen. Faith in God and faith for your next chapter takes a resilient and unrelenting faith that says, I'm not moving from what God has shown me. I'm not moving. I'm not moving. Can I tell you? Like the scripture says, having done all to stand, keep standing. Keep holding on. Keep standing firm in what God has shown you. Do not give up. Hope in God. Because your next chapter is already before you. It's time to take the first step. It's time to trust God again. Let's rise here today as we close up. You know... What you're believing in at this very moment is what you'll receive in the next chapter. So as we're wrapping up here today, I want to bring this back to the core, the very heart of this first step. What do you believe? Let me put it to you this way. Who are you believing in? Are you believing in yourself? 
Are you believing in your own strength? Are you believing that you can work it out, that you can make it happen? Why not put your hope, your trust? Why not believe with greater hope? Why not start today and from this day forward with the best step, the first step, trusting God? It may not all look clear ahead of you, but let me tell you, like Abraham, you might not see where you're going, but you can bank on this. It's good, baby. He's leading you to higher ground. He's got a next chapter for you. Father, today we rejoice in Jesus. We thank you, Father. You who are the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord. While it may not make sense to us, you've made perfect sense of life for us. And so, Father, today we look to you with a new hope. With greater expectation. With a deeper longing in your promises and not our circumstances. I thank you, Father, that there is a shift today in the lives of these your people. I thank you, Lord, that there are new pages that are being unfolded, Lord, that there are chapters being rewritten here, Father, and that what you've started, you're faithful to complete until the very day of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, this day.